Hi everyone, and welcome to this month's Exec Insight. In this installment, I'll be talking to Stephen Doran, CEO of the Compound Semiconductor Applications Catapult. The CSA Catapult is a fantastic organisation created for the purpose of strengthening the UK's standing in the field of compound semiconductors and to accelerate growth in industries where applying compound semiconductors creates a competitive advantage. In this episode, I spoke to the Catapult CEO, Stephen Doran, about the strength of UK engineering, the value of early stage education in science and engineering, and the importance of intellectual property. Stephen Doran has some ambitious plans for the organisation, many of which are already starting to see an impact across the UK. So Stephen, great to be with you today. I had a lovely trip down from glorious Newcastle down to Cardiff and we're here in the catapult. Tell me, what is the catapult trying to do here? Why are you here? Well, first of all, catapults are set up by the government with an initial investment to intervene in a market where a market may have deemed to be failing or there is a huge opportunity. Uh, thankfully, we're a catapult set up for that huge opportunity and our huge opportunity is compound semiconductors. Um, what we're trying to do is stimulate the adoption of compound semiconductors that are developed, for example, here in the compound semiconductor cluster in South Wales and accelerate their adoption into end applications. Now, why is that important? Well, a lot of the end applications that are being developed in the marketplace just now, such as 5G, autonomous vehicles, the electrification of vehicles, all rely on compound semiconductors as the basis to de develop and deploy those applications in the market. There's a huge opportunity here for the UK. When we first assessed the market, it's something like $66 billion in 2017. Um, we viewed that that would then grow to $300 billion by 2030. Right? The, so it's, it's a huge opportunity. The UK has the core capability to um, take advantage of that but it's fragmented in some areas. So what we're trying to do within the catapult is unite the supply chain, fill the gaps where there are gaps within the supply chain, and then stimulate overall demand and create the, the IP required here within the UK. Now, to give you an idea, the UK has something like 10% market share of that $66 billion I talked about. Right, So it's a, it's a sizable market in its own right. Think about if we could even, first of all, maintain that 10% as it grows to 300 billion. There's a huge economic benefit and impact to the UK, even growing by 1%. You can see the multiplying effect it could have within How within far are we UK. along with the journey? Are you seeing companies starting to actually implement these De compound definitely, semiconductors? Definitely, definitely. I mean, compound semiconductors are not necessarily new technologies. Mm -hmm. They've been around since the 50s. Okay. LED lights that are lighting up you know, this film, for example, are compound semiconductors. However, they are more difficult and more expensive to manufacture than, than standard silicon. They're not going to compete with silicon. Silicon will still do a lot of the processing required for your phone, your iPad, or your computer. But compound semiconductors have got properties, means they're much more power efficient. So if you want to extend the range of an electric vehicle, you would use a compound semiconductor. Um, in fact, I was watching Breakfast TV this morning. They were talking about the the challenge of how do you how do you charge a car at the same speed as you put petrol or diesel mm -hmm. in your car? No one's going to drive up to a garage and say, "I'll hang around for forty five minutes until my car charges." Absolutely. It's not going to happen. Those are the types of challenges that compound semis mm -hmm. can actually help and and solve those problems. So extend the range of, uh, of electric vehicles. When you think about autonomous vehicles, interconnect. The connectivity of both 
you need the speed that only uh, compound semiconductors Absolutely. can bring to the table. Yeah. So as we know, getting IP can take quite a long time. The journey, making sure everything's you know going through the right stage gates. How fast can we see the IP actually hitting the market and then being able to really create these end applications and getting them to market? How far off is, is that? It, it varies. Um, we we work on relatively late what's called TRL stages where um, we're trying to bridge the gap really between a lot of the academic research that's been done and um, introduction into industry. But there are quite a number of solutions all the way through the TRL cycles. Each market adopts products at different rates, etc. But certainly the UK has the potential, it has a lot of the the potential to develop the IP and therefore deploy the IP. So we're trying to operate what's called post-foundry so that the, all of the investments has been made in creating you know, the wafers, the infrastructure, the processes, et cetera, so that we can work on things that are ready to be deployed within the five years window. But certainly we're working on projects now. We're looking to get into market within you know, a two-year type horizon. And you talk about uh, you know, the UK having a share of this market. What, what's the likelihood that we could become a real dominant player within this market? Can be. As I say, we're, we've got about 10%. Mm -hmm. We, we have an, an opportunity in the UK where, as I mentioned, all, a lot of those large gigafabs in Taiwan, China, Singapore, forever, they, they've moved on to much larger geometry wafers, from 6 inch to 8 inch to 12, and even in some cases 18 inch. Mm -hmm. Compound semiconductors are generally manufactured in four, maximum six inch mm -hmm. today. So some of the fabs that are here in the UK have got that capability mm -hmm. that those large giga gigafabs no longer have, mm -hmm. right? Uh, in some cases, that's because of undercapitalization from previous decades. So it has the infrastructure. We certainly have the smart talent. It's about mapping those two together to create the products with the confidence that the market's there and they can adopt them is, is one of the challenges that we're looking to address. Okay. And you've obviously had the opportunity to start this project from scratch, straight out of Cardiff here. But how have you found the journey of actually getting your team built together? How's that gone? Um, there's been challenges and in areas it's been surprisingly, it's been really good. Okay. Um, Can you find the talent? Is it here in Wales or is it an international or a we, UK we, talent? It's a, it's a mix of all of the above. Okay. Um, we looked at um, each of the technical areas and did our assessment of how easy it is to find um, talented engineers, for example. We always said that power was probably one of the ones we would struggle mm -hmm. to find, mm -hmm. um, mainly because there's so much demand for mm -hmm. power engineers yeah, yes, at the moment. Um, Mainly driven by automotive sector, all the inverted development. Yeah, so yeah. it's a bit of supply and demand. Yeah. We're finding core infrastructure support staff here in Wales highly talented mm -hmm. and you know and really yeah. really contributing heavily mm -hmm. and then we're finding engineers not only in the local area mm -hmm. with the you know with the tools coming down the bridge then moving into you know the the western side of england is, is much more accessible plus bringing talent from all around the uk and i guess for well. those of you uh, you know who may be listening to this that don't know what the economy is like in, in wales and the surrounding area what is it like here and why was this Catapult placed here? Well, it was placed here because there's been a lot of investment. It's called CS Connected uh, as a brand, right? But CS Connected as a brand is, is, is looking at all of the elements of the supply chain. So there's been investment because there's been historical um, semiconductor industries here in the UK. I could start from if you take IQE um, in the local area, who 
build the epitaxial layer on top of a wafer. You then got Newport Wafer Fab who could then do the processing of that wafer. You could then go to companies like Micro Semi, Microchip, who then do the packaging of the dye themselves. Mm -hmm. All manufactured by equipment that's made by SPTS Technologies that are all in the local area, mm -hmm. supported by you know world-leading universities such as Cardiff University, uh, Swansea University, even into Bristol and, and other local areas. So, yeah. so there is that network. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do through CS Connected and the, the investments that's been placed by not only the UK government, but Welsh government, is connect all that together so we can accelerate into the end markets. And I see in the UK, some sectors are better connected than others. Do you feel as though your sector is connected and working properly? Um, <laughs> There are some still some challenges. I think when I look locally in South Wales, very connected, and that's much to do with the companies that are here themselves. They have created this CS Connected yes. brand to bring them all together, mm -hmm. so we can understand, you know, where the demand is and how we can, you know, help each other mm -hmm. grow. Um, if I look across the UK, you see sometimes different stories. Mm -hmm. um, you see the power market is very well formed. Yes, um, but it's taken about a decade to it's form. Developed. Yeah. yeah that market and uh, whether it's trade bodies that have helped bring that market together, very good, concise, clear roadmaps mm -hmm. for companies to be involved in and help develop that you're seeing now coming to the fore with you know, electric vehicles mm -hmm. as an example. You see clusters of photonics excellence in Scotland yes. as well as the southwest of England. Uh, and an RF and microwave is probably more spread around the UK because a lot of those companies were born out of former defence companies through radar acquisitions, etc. So we see quite a bit of a different levels of maturity, different levels of formation, and what we're trying to do is you know, start to bring those communities together mm -hmm. a lot clearer. Okay. And what would success look like for you with the catapult? And, and actually, let's think catapult and the wider supply chain. What would success look like? Um, overall broad terms to create the maximum economic impact. You could measure an economic impact through a number of different measures, but for me, it's about creating sustainable, high-value jobs. Mm. We've looked at our plan to uh, try and create, another, I think it's a 1,000 jobs across the UK within five years yeah. as high-value jobs. Because mm. every high-value job has a, a knock-on impact in the, well, in the local and yeah. the, the UK economy. Yeah. So that's one of the, the, you know, the KPIs that's it's on, on this um, catapult. But... We me we'll measure our success to the, the success of the companies. Um, this is probably, you know, goes against my competitive ethos, being a, you know, a former footballer, but what we're trying to do is make sure that we're not doing what's right for the catapult as such, we're doing right, what's right for the UK economy and the businesses that sit within that UK economy. So our measures of success will either be driven through measures of success to see jobs in other companies, profitability, new applications, lots of different ways to measure it. And it's, I know you're passionate about getting good people into jobs and, and the talent. Uh, in terms of getting the right people coming through university, do you think we're seeing the right people going through, let's go back a stage, actually right from A-level through to GCSE, you know, through university into you know, working for, for your business or working for part of the supply chain. Is it working properly? Are we getting the right people coming through? So the people are coming through are the right people. Okay. So the people coming through the, the pipeline are very talented people. The issue we have is if we look at the projections that's required in market growth, there will be a deficit of talent between what we need and what, what we have now, sorry, and what we need in the future. So everyone talks about deficit of talent. How big is the deficit of talent? 
depending on which report you read, they talk about something like 65,000 engineers short okay. on, an, on an annual basis in the future. So if people like me and others in the supply chain are trying to promote the sector, promote your technology, what should be the message that's going back I to think, you? I think the, the message is, I think uh, it's, it's, mul it's multifaceted. I think what you need to look at is engineering itself isn't, you know, a microelectronic engineer is completely different to a welding engineer, as an example. So we need to get a clearer message of just the value of those jobs, the interest in those jobs, the types of career, exciting careers you could have in those jobs, so that we, one, we attract the volume of pipeline, but you will never get the volume of pipeline unless you tackle the diversity of the pipeline. We'll probably reach relative saturation in male, attracting males towards yeah, yeah. engineering. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, because so, I know some people do struggle to get more yeah, females. Exactly. Teams, you so. know, the you know, it's only something twelve percent of okay. of, of STEM within subjects your, within your sector, or do you think that's across a number of industries? I think it's across or? a number of engineering sectors, okay. and our sector is no different. Mm -hmm. So the types of plans we're developing with local community, colleges, universities, etc., is one to start the attraction through STEM activities, as well as saying, how do we address the balance between female to male engineers as well? That's not to take the male numbers down, but actually attract more females yeah. into, the, into the sector. So and that's a key challenge. about the young engineers? How do we get them even earlier than that? Because I think there's, you know, everyone assumes it happens kind of yeah, A-level university on, but... Do you think you need to go even you've further got it, back you've, than you've that? Got, you've got yeah, to go yeah. back. Take it like a professional football, turn them into <laughs> the uh, other sectors. Yeah, I, I, you've really got to start, uh, for me, uh, at primary school level. Okay. Um, I've watched so it's a real long game, isn't yes, it? It's not just it's, catching them later on. Absolutely, it's really because, far back. again, you, know, you can read multiple reports about uh, social programming. Yeah, yeah. People have almost made up their mind the type of career by the time they're, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine yes. years old. So the more work we can do in primary schools to let people understand and get used to engineering in its terms, because they're difficult subjects. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. hard. But you know the the value and the you know the, the, the careers and the types of salaries and engineers are there. Okay. Um, so attract at that primary school level, make sure we create the excitement at high school. And only then you get the pipeline get into universities and, and further education. So I think one of the things we see is certainly for some of the people coming out of universities, how do you get those niche skills which give you a break or a little bit of experience to get you into a company and then you can thrive? I guess some people may struggle to get yeah. straight onto a grad program or competitive, you know, and then I'm drift a, off to other sectors. Yeah. So. I'm a, so I'm a fan of attracting interns, attracting um, apprent modern apprentices, young apprentices, okay. and so people can get real practical mm -hmm. learning, real practical skills. Mm -hmm. We're only a fledgling organization ourselves, and we've got our first intern. And what's your headcount here? We're at 63 people. Wow. And what's your plan for this? We'll be at uh, just under 90 people by the end okay. of the year, then depending on success, it'll roll up okay. to over 100 or so. And that's not just the technical and application side. You've got labs and other facilities Correct. coming through here. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So... You know, for me, it's, it is multiple ways of attracting people, but the more we can let people understand what engineering is really about by experiencing it, mm -hmm. the better. And one of the reasons we'll set up the facility is to attract people into this facility yeah. so you can really see yeah, what this, this type of environment can offer people. It's very exciting. Yeah. Looking ahead, obviously you're very focused on your catapult, and there's multiple catapults with different focuses mm, in the UK. Point. Uh, what do you feel about UK industry going forward, say the next five years? 
How excited should we be about the sector? What do we think is going to happen? Bit of a prediction. <laughs> Bit of a prediction. Well, right. I, I think what we, what we need to look at is more cross-sector interaction. Mm -hmm. Uh, for example, if I just use exactly catapults as an example, so, you know, compound semiconductors very much being an enabling technology. But if we take, let's take energy, where you've got offshore renewable energy taking, you know, uh, whether that's solar or wind power, how do we, how can we help that industry be more efficient, whether that's getting twice the amount of power mm -hmm. from the wind farms, rather than having twice the amount of wind yeah. farms? Right, so that creates that. And then how do you distribute and charge those electric vehicles? Mm -hmm. So working with, for example, energy systems catapult to say we've got more efficient offshore renewable energy on a grid that can create the fast charging required for automotive vehicles. How much vehicles. of that is actually going on? Are they, are they actually connected, the, the groups as well? I think you know, the, the, each of the groups are working with their own sectors. And yes. what we're all discussing at the moment is how can we can actually Probably collaborate. Pro properly yeah. collaborate yeah. and be more cross-sectorial cross so that at the end of the day, what the consumer sees is an electric vehicle that charges just as fast as a petrol or diesel. There's a lot of collaboration, a lot of infrastructure to get put in place, a lot of technology. Yeah, yeah. But the core capabilities there, that's a key thing. And we're already hearing about the Expo 2020 for Dubai, other big events that are coming up for other prominent you know, countries that are trying to evolve. How does the UK appear on the international stage? Because you've been around China, Taiwan, all these Singapore. How are we doing in terms of you know, our overall impact with technology? I think, one, our presence is, is really high mm -hmm. across, the, uh, across the world. UK engineers are perceived to be amongst the best okay. in the world. We have lots of presence. Um, a lot of international companies are always looking to do business in the UK shores, yes. mm -hmm. right? Because of that, because yeah, of the that international language. The international language yeah. all, always helps. Um, it's a safe yes. environment, it's a trusted environment as well. There are a number of expos that go on within the UK to track, attract those those companies mm -hmm. over as well. So I don't think there's any shortage of that. Um, it's about the thrust forward and the confidence mm -hmm. almost to go grab a lot more of those opportunities. You may not want to answer this, but do you think that, and, you know, if you were to look at UK chief execs, do you think there's any opportunity within any of our skill sets at a strategic level to either be developed so that we can either better capitalize on IP or be more effective with the supply chain, you know, not with any individuals, but do you think there's anything we can do with our more senior talent to, to really? Yeah, I do actually. I think it's, it's understanding the, the longer term impact that, that, that controlling that IP may have. Okay. You know, a lot of companies, and I've, I've seen lots of examples, you know, they're, they're meeting the P&L for the year or the next two to five years. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, an IEP game is a longer, is a longer term vision. So it's about the confidence in investing the engineering money mm -hmm. in order to see the, the, not only the, the, the benefit in your five year plan, mm -hmm. but the longer term plan that that could come along. So if anything, just we just need to keep the message going about de uh, developing and de driving IP mm -hmm. across the UK, independent of sector, mm -hmm. right? Independent of what type of technology, so that, that there's a longer presence in these markets rather than the short-termism that that's happened and I've seen and I've experienced over the years. Okay. Uh, so barometer-wise, optimistic about the future? Yeah, very. Okay. Very, you know, how can you not be optimistic about a 300 billion 
dollar yeah, market yeah, by 2030. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, um, when it's at 66 billion mm-hmm. uh, of, of when we measured it in 2017, we're just doing the, the reevaluation, and it's absolutely on the cuff where we expect. I guess it to we're be. already seeing the growth in electric vehicles. We're seeing how that comes in with electrification, all the things, yeah. and we see how it's all tied up. So yeah. I guess if you're seeing it from your side, it's an enormous, you know, potential. Yeah. And for I think the the, part of the excitement as well is we're developing enabling technology, mm-hmm. but. With these types of enabling technologies, things will happen in the next five years, say, mm-hmm. that we haven't even thought about. Absolutely. That's, that yeah. All those markets will completely change, and, and that's exciting in itself. And it's always great to say, I was at the heart of it, or we developed a product, or we helped a company develop products in that space. Great to see it in the UK, for sure. And we're in your amazing facility here. Uh, when is you know is this going to be it, or are you going to have multiple facilities, or do you think this is this is the this is the the core facility? It's our it's our first, um, just opening, so we're just getting used to it ourselves and looking forward to bringing many companies through. But it's important that the UK sees us as a UK company, and we behave like a UK company as well. So earlier when I talked about you know the photonics industry in Scotland and even the southwest. Powers generally in the Midlands, we need to make sure we're accessible to all of those geographies as well. So developing plans for how do I, how do how do we support Scotland? How do we support the Midlands and the Southwest and other areas as well? Yeah. And say I'm a small SME with a new type of end application, how easy is it for me to engage with you as a catapult? I'd like to think it's extremely simple. Okay. All right. And so, phone, email. yeah, well, you know, usual, usual contacts, web, you know, uh, Twitter, etc. Um, but I, I would encourage people to say, come look at the site, okay. come get involved. Um, we're here to support. We're not here to take economic, you know, or you know, financial advantage of companies. Quite the opposite. And what kind of services can you offer to someone that's on well, that journey? Anything from. Um, technical advice, whether it's interactions in a workshop or in an environment like this, where we could bring you know, a globally recognized expert in and spend a day listening and talking and learning from that, those experts, our own expertise as well. Um, but we're here to try and prevent a lot of the, the barriers or knock down the barriers for companies. That might just be a case of we've got assets and capital that a small company can't afford, but they just need access for a number of weeks a year come and use the capital here so keep your costs down we'll make the we'll, we'll 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 place the risk in an investment for you and come and use it and you know and as you're already you seeing companies engaging and yes. seeing the merits of that yeah. Definitely. Well, very, very quickly, we've seen quite a number of commercial and collaborative engagements as well, because it's not just about the facility and how we can bring the communities together. Mm-hmm. It's about reducing those barriers for capitalization that I okay. talked about, but it's even creating an environment where we can bring companies together mm-hmm. and, in a, and a trusted environment yeah. so that you know their IP is protected for them. Absolutely. We don't take advantage of that. So um, we're definitely seeing more of that with you know your big players becoming more collaborative and, and actually engaging more with your SMEs, which is really refreshing. That, yes. that's definitely been a one of the one of the common complaints that we hear are SMEs saying, "How can we make contact with the large companies because they have their own controlled AVLs, etc." But we also hear the large companies saying, "Where are all the SMEs?" Right, so it flips both ways. It yeah, does yeah. flip yeah, both yeah. ways. So bringing bringing them together in a collaborative environment is. It's going to be key for knocking that barrier down. So we're optimistic about the future. We need to be telling our young engineers what's going on. We're promoting the services of the catapults. There's loads going on. Stacks that go out. Great opportunity to engage. 
if you weren't doing this job as a catapult, what would you have done if you had your time again? I'd like to think I'd made it a football, but uh, I'm not so sure given what I see in the football pitch these days. I, I, you know, I've always been an engineer at heart. I would have been some, some form of engineer. Uh, arguably, I've been a failed engineer as well because when I see some of the talent we've got in the catapult and I've worked across you know, my, my career with a lot more talented engineers than I ever was. But I'd be doing something entrepreneurial like this. Um, I've had a long career so far. I've seen many of the products I've helped develop in the marketplace. And there's a real buzz you get out of people to walk into a shop and say, I was involved with that well, product. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I'll still be doing that. Hey, Stephen, it's been delightful to meet you. And uh, yeah, I look forward much. to hearing the rest of the journey. Thanks, Thanks so very much. much. Take, Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast, and I hope you gained some insight from Stephen on the future of engineering in the UK. Jackson Hogg is an absolute talent management partner specializing in the engineering, manufacturing, and technology sectors in the UK, USA, and Germany. To find out more about our full suite of services, please visit our website at www.jacksonhogg.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us on the iTunes store so that we can reach more people around the world.